Thank you for joining us for the Lessons from First Naz podcast. Lena, little is much when God is in it. And that really is true, isn't it? In the last uh, week or so, I had the chance to talk with uh, my kids at different times and at one point I said, what are some of the significant memories that you have of your grandparents? And they all, they all had to think a little bit about that and, and our two, or our three kids, uh, were very close to my parents because my parents were, were close most of the time geographically to where we lived. Uh, Bonnie's parents always lived some distance away and it seemed like the visits we had with them were very infrequent. And so most of the comments that I heard from, from uh, our son and, and our two daughters had to do with, with my parents. But uh, I heard from our youngest, Janice, and uh, I said, Janice, what do you remember? What's significant as far as memories you have of your grandparents? And she replied, wow, so many. Where to begin? And then she just began to kind of ramble. And she said, making bread with grandpa. Playing boggle with grandma and grandpa. Watching how they were always so welcoming to whoever came by. Watching as they were always learning and always keeping their minds at work in some way. She remembered the gatherings, the family gatherings, and there were always, it seemed, extra people that were invited along and never enough room at the regular tables, so she remembered how Grandpa would bring in doors from out in the garage and lay them over sawhorses, and Grandma would put tablecloths over them, and chairs would be brought in, and people would be seated from the dining room into the living room all around those makeshift tables. She said she remembered the comfort of hearing the tick of the clock on the mantel in the living room and hearing Grandpa get up early and having his morning coffee out in the kitchen. She thought about the times that they went beachcombing over on the Oregon coast and at different times, we had trips where the kids would take turns riding with Grandma and Grandpa. She said that she remembered how she was always being uh, talked to about the different species of birds and flowers and and uh, wildlife that they saw. She enjoyed the beachcombing with Grandma and Grandpa. Uh, some of you have eaten at a Moe's restaurant if you've been to the Oregon coast, and that was one of my parents' favorites, and, and uh, Janice said she always remembered going to Moe's with Grandma and Grandpa. She said that she remembered the, a strong kindness and a good, worth it, good work ethic. She said, I don't ever remember hearing Grandpa talk poorly of another person. She enjoyed and made note of the way that they still loved each other well up into years, were always teasing each other and smiling, and she said they were a constant beacon in my life. 
She said that she always knew there would be a hug that she could always count on when going to Grandpa and Grandma's. She remembered Grandpa taking time to read, read her the book or the story, Pokey Little Puppy, a million times. And then she said, okay, I'm going to stop now. It's making me miss them too much. The doorbell was always rung at my parents' home by the grandkids with a wonderful sense of anticipation at what they would see on the other side of that door and what they would experience. I have to admit to you that a multitude of thoughts have gone through my mind since Pastor Cliff uh, first spoke with me about sharing a message dealing with grandparenting, and I've thought about my grandparents, I've thought about uh, my own parents and the role that they had in the lives of our kids. Uh, and now I've had to consider the role I have with nine grandchildren of my own. I did some uh, searching on the Internet in recent weeks uh, regarding this whole matter of grandparents and the role that they have in society today. And uh, I've... I've uh, sought out comments from other people. Like I said, I've talked with our kids. And uh, so what follows is really just a blend of everything that has passed through my ears and before my eyes in these recent weeks. Some of you have no doubt seen the following remarks that came from a class of eight-year-olds. Grandparents are a lady and a man who have no little children of their own. They like other people's. <laughs> a grandfather is a man-grandmother. <laughs> Grandparents don't seem to have anything to do except just be there when you go to see them. They are so old they shouldn't play hard or run. It is good for us if they drive us to the store and have lots of quarters for us to use. When they take us for walks, they slow down past things like leaves and caterpillars. They show us and talk to us about the color of the flowers and also why we shouldn't step on cracks. Uh, they wear glasses and funny underwear. <laughs> they can take their teeth and gums out. When they read to us, they don't skip, and they don't mind if we ask for the same story over and over again. Everybody should try to have a grandmother, especially if you don't have internet, <laughs> because they are the only grown-ups who like to spend time with us. And finally this, they know we should have snack time before bedtime, and they say prayers with us every time, and they kiss us even when we've acted bad. <laughs> I love comments like that from, from little children. But I'm curious, how many of you here this morning are grandparents? Just raise your hand up high. Grandparents all over here, thank you. Uh, do you think your life has any influence on your grandchildren? <laughs> do you think that... Maybe some of you are having an influence now on great-grandchildren. You know, the answer is a resounding yes, absolutely. Let me provide you with some facts about grandparents that I've learned in recent weeks. 
Today, there are 70 million grandparents in our nation. Grandparents represent one-third of the population of our country with 1.7 million new grandparents that are being added to the ranks every year. Grandparents love being grandparents. 72% of the grandparents polled think that being a grandparent is the single most important and satisfying thing in their life. 63% say they can do a better job caring for their grandchildren than they did with their own. (laughs) 68% think being a grandparent brings them closer to their adult children. And 90% enjoy talking about their grandkids to just about everyone. (laughs) Grandparents are younger than ever before. 43% become grandparents in their 50s, 37% in their 40s, with the average age for grandparents right now in our nation being 48. Grandparents are wired. Now, I didn't say weird. I said (laughs) wired. 75% of grandparents are online. 70% use search engines to find information. 63% of grandparents shop online. 45% of grandparents are on social networks like Facebook and Twitter and so on. Grandparents take care of their grandkids. 72% of grandparents take care of their grandchildren on a regular basis. 13% are primary caregivers. Here's one you guys are going to love. 92% of grandparents have changed a grandchild's diaper. (laughs) And 86% bake cookies for their family. Here are several more statements that, that relate to grandparents. And and, uh, these just seem really significant to me. Research shows children need four to six involved caring adults in their lives to fully develop emotionally and socially. The grandparent-grandchild relationship is second in emotional importance only to the parent-child relationship. That's significant. And that's something continue to remember. Some research shows that as many as 9 out of 10 adult grandchildren feel their grandparents influence their values and their behavior. Grandparents transmit to their grandchildren the values and the norms of social behavior. Grandparents really have an important role in the lives of grandchildren and in families. As I continued to look, look at this whole business of grandparenting, I was reminded of, that they're spoken of in the Bible. Sure they are. In Genesis chapter 5, there's an account of a man named Enoch. Uh, he was a grandparent. In fact, he was a great-grandparent. He was the father of Methuselah. Methuselah was the father of a fellow named Lamech, who was the father of Noah. And we're told in Genesis that Enoch walked close to God. And because he did, Noah's father, Lamech, expressed that same faith by the name he gave to his son Noah. Noah, in some translation, means rest. 
And I want to read a portion from Genesis chapter 5. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God, and then one day he disappeared because God took him. When Methuselah was 187 years old, he became the father of Lamech. After the birth of Lamech, Methuselah lived another 782 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Methuselah lived 969 years, and then he died. When Lamech was 182 years old, he became the father of a son. Lamech named his son Noah, for he said, May he bring us relief or rest from our work and the painful labor of farming this ground that the Lord has cursed. We really learned several things from those few lines of text that, that I read. We're told that Enoch walked close to God, and because he did, Noah's father, Lamech, expressed that same faith uh, that showed up when he gave Noah the name he did. Like I said, Noah means rest or, or relief. Grandparents, do you think that your faith will affect future generations? generations? It surely will. It definitely will. You better believe it. In the New Testament, let's look at what Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 says as, as a follow-up to what we just read out of the Old Testament. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I wonder, would it be your hope that your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren would turn out like Noah? Noah was a godly man living in a corrupt generation, and yet he never wavered in his faith in God. Noah was one who followed God's instructions exactly and to the letter. He spoke to his neighbors and countrymen, and he warned them of the consequences of the lives they were living and of not seeking God. He completely and totally surrendered his life to, to God. He built the ark, ark following God's instructions, uh, had no means of propulsion, didn't have big twin caterpillar diesels down inside somewhere. It didn't have a sail. Uh, no inboard, outboard, or jet drive to get him around. Uh, the ark had no rudder, no oars, no compass, no GPS, no radar. All that Noah had was total and perfect trust in God. And that trust came as a result of the influence of his parents, his grandparents, and his great-grandparents. It really did. In 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 5, the Apostle Paul is speaking to young Timothy when he says this, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. And I think, wow, 
There's a mother and a grandmother listed right with this powerful, faith-driven, confident young man, a tool in God's hands. Grandparents, are you influencing your grandchildren in such a way that they become a joy to their parents and to other people? Are you influencing them to be faithful, obedient, respectful, and responsible, and, and just simply fun to be with? Or are you just spoiling them rotten and sending them home? <laughs> now, you understand, I've never done that. Someone wrote these words that just seem so appropriate. Whatever you write on the heart of a child, no water can wash away. The sand may be shifted when billows are wild and the efforts of time may decay. Some stories may perish, some songs may be forgotten, but this graven record, time changes it not. Whatever you write on the heart of a child, a story of gladness or care, that heaven has blessed or earth defiled, will linger unchangeable there. Hmm. Yes, grandparents and great-grandparents, you have an influence on your children's children. Allow me to share some thoughts with you regarding things that grandparents can provide their grandchildren. Uh, I'm going to give you a lot of them in just the space of a few minutes, but uh, these are things, I guess we could say, things we should do as grandparents. Number one, teach them about God and spiritual things. Let them hear you pray. Let them hear you pray for them. And then teach them how to pray. Two, guide them towards good marriages by modeling a good one. Do that. They'll see it. They will recognize it. Number three, be consistent and follow through on things. If you say you're going to do something with them, be sure you do it. If you tell them you're going to do something for them, do it. Follow through. Number four, play with them. That's what our daughter remembered Grandma and Grandpa doing. Both daughters, in fact. Number five, tell them that you love them and do it often. Let them hear you say that. Number six, look for good things in grandkids and not just the bad. Sometimes it can get kind of weighty on the negative side. But look for the good things. Number seven, don't pressure them too much to excel. They're going to get that anyway. Number eight, believe them and believe in them. They'll pick up on that real quick. They'll know that. Number nine, share your life, the good and the bad that they might learn from you, and they will. Number 10, let them see how Christ has worked in your life and how he continues to work, even though you may have failed miserably as a younger person. Let them learn about that. And number 11, talk to them straight about sensitive subjects. Well, those are things that we need to do, and we could probably add to that list. But there are some things that we should never do as grandparents. Number one, never dishonor their parents. 
If you disrespect their parents, they will too. And that kind of thing is just simply not scriptural. A house divided can't stand. Never dishonor their parents. Number two, never change the rules. This can be hard sometimes. You must enforce and honor the rules of their parents. If it's bedtime at 8 o'clock at home and their mother has said they need to be in bed at 8 o'clock at grandpa and grandma's, then bedtime needs to be at 8 o'clock at your house too. If Johnny can't have chocolate at home for some reason, he can't have it at grandma's house either. Number three, be cautious about the matter of authority. Uh, Remember that God has placed the parents of the child in authority over the child, not the grandparents. So be careful about that. Number four, understand that God's accountability lies on the heads of the parents and grandparents must not divide God's chain of command. Number five, never correct a parent in front of a child. And that's one that can be a little bit difficult to keep in the back of our heads and remember. If there is a dispute, a separation, or a divorce in the family, don't take sides. Teach the child to honor and respect both of his or her parents. And number seven, remember that to a child, if you speak badly about either of his parents, he or she has just been included and you're speaking badly about them as well. The role you play as a grandparent will be significant for future generations, I guarantee you. For future generations in this life and for the next, uh, I'm convinced that godly grandparents could literally help turn America's youth around. I believe that. A few weeks ago, I was, uh, after I had begun to prepare for this message, I uh, was on Facebook one morning and I saw some posts that had been put on there by a a nephew of mine, Brian, who lives with his family and three kids uh, back in Baltimore, Ohio. And uh, caught my attention and I began to read. Brian was raised, for the most part, in a single-parent home with my brother, and so my parents uh, had him often when he was a little boy and growing up. And here's what he said now. A few years back, during a difficult time, I awakened in a different room than my own. The air smelled of fresh-baked bread and instant coffee. The hum of an old furnace and the ticking of an old pendulum clock Build the air. All the walls were adorned with family photos and portraits, and a nightlight illuminated a short hallway out of the kitchen towards the bathroom. It dawned on me that for the first time in many, many years, I had awakened inside my grandparents' home in Lewiston, Idaho, and for a few minutes, all my troubles were gone. The walls gradually faded to reveal my familiar bedroom. But it was amazing how much I felt I had traveled back in time to be in a very comforting, 
loving environment at a time when I needed it most. Several days later, then Brian posted this. I wish Grandpa Alec was here right now. I'd make coffee, sourdough biscuits, and serve him up a bowl of my bean and bacon soup and then show him photos I've taken through the years in New Mexico, Minnesota, Montana, and Oregon coast. And, of course, the grandchildren he never got to see. Later, we would sit down together before the fireplace and discuss world affairs or maybe watch The Simpsons like we used to do back in his modest home in Idaho. For me, winter was always an assuring time whenever I walked into my grandparents' house. I could smell that fresh baked bread, the coffee, and the wood burning in the fireplace that Grandpa Bull cut and split himself. Grandma Bull used to treat me to a homemade lemon meringue pie, though I'm not sure it was her recipe, but the thought alone is pleasant enough for me. Grandparents, great-grandparents, future grandparents... The doorbell that my kids rang with a sense of anticipation, pleasant anticipation, every time they went to Grandma and Grandpa's house. Uh, that bell is still ringing for us. The greatest thing we have to give our grandchildren is our lives. We need to be people who are safe to come to, no matter what our children or grandchildren have ever done. Each of us will leave a legacy and the life we choose to live will have an impact on those who come behind us. And that kind of an impact is going to be far greater, I believe, than we could ever imagine. We need to show our grandchildren how to live and lead a godly life. We need to show them how to love, show them how to forgive, show them how to give, and most of all, show them how to live for the God who created us. Psalm 71, verse 18, tells us, And now that I am old and gray, don't forsake me. Give me time to tell the new generation, and their children too, about all your mighty miracles. Yes, give us time. Take the time you have to serve the Lord, serve your family, and it will have a real impact, I guarantee you. Pastor, would you come and close for us today, please? There's a handful of ways uh, to learn to do things well. I'm currently building... Uh, musical instrument for my youngest son, Luke, for his birthday. And um, I've watched some tutorials online, read a few fact sheets. And uh, that was all good and fine until I started making permanent cuts in a piece of wood. Just uh, the stakes went up, you know. And I realized that while... Um, the thing's going to turn out okay. It would have turned out great if I'd had somebody who knew what they were doing showing me how. 
I suppose we could have just printed a guide to Christian grandparenting and put it in the bulletin this week, but I'm glad that we didn't. Glad that instead we have uh, had someone who knows how to do it well showing us how this morning. Did you find those lists of things to do and not to do helpful? Pastor Bill, I want to thank you personally for uh, what you've done here this morning. I've heard you preach a number of times, and uh, I'm always grateful when I get the chance to sit down there and listen while you're preaching. Um, In my opinion, you've never done a finer job than you did this morning. Because, yeah, absolutely. I think, well, well, you spoke, Bill, about how our actions leave a legacy. I want you to know that you are leaving a legacy here by teaching us like you did this morning. Your kids and your grandkids scattered all over. Also, new grandpa was preaching today probably, huh? Yeah. Might have, might have known the subject as well. Yeah. Bill, you and Bonnie are leaving a legacy, and you're doing it in the, in the kind of fashion that uh, ends up being a good model for us. But uh, I sat down here, you probably saw me taking pictures of the screen repeatedly during your sermon because these are things I want to remember. These are the things that uh, that I want to drill into my mind over the next week. And while I'm not a grandpa yet, um, I've got some things to learn about parenting that I could learn from you this morning. And so my personal thanks to you because you, you, you put us in a place this morning where... Um, we can guess less, right? I mean, there's, there's a little bit of guesswork for all of us in parenting and grandparenting, but we can guess less because you helped us understand some principles for relationship and some spiritual principles that, uh, that help place the responsibility for shaping future generations upon us. Well done, and my personal thanks, okay? If you all have... Uh, have further questions about these things, I know that Pastor Bill is glad to make himself available to you. Um, He probably wouldn't dare stand up here and say, "Um, I can give you grandparenting lessons or I can give you counsel on grandparenting. But I do know this, that if you showed up in his office and you talked with him about it, he'd be more than glad to listen, to offer what uh, wisdom God's given him. And most importantly, he'd pray with you about your grandkids. Um, he's a rich resource to us uh, on this subject and many others. And so um, I just want you to know that if you're looking for some help in that category, your pastoral staff would be more than glad to help, but Pastor Bill's the best of them all, okay? Um, Glenna, in this um, age of ours where you were able to take a bunch of photos and fly halfway across the world back and and put together uh, the presentation that you did, I was taking pictures as well, and and I posted some of them on Facebook while you were speaking. And I just need you to know that there's a check on the way for two more fishing boats before you are done. Yeah. Yeah. I also need you to know it was two teenage kids. Two teenage kids who said they would each part with $275 of their own money Yeah. 
to make it possible for those men to feed their families and the village. That's good stuff. And we needed, we needed what, another seven or eight? So we've got five or six more to go, huh? If we're trying to raise enough money for 12 boats. All right, fantastic. Let's see what we can do, huh? Please stand. Gracious Lord, we give you thanks. It's been a really good day to be in your house this morning. And I marvel at uh, the, the technology that makes it possible for us to ask and, and to receive help from around the world. Lord, we want to call down your blessing upon the village of Colossae. So many millions of other people, for sure, who need your help in the Philippines, but Colossae belongs to us. And, and because of Glenna's connection there, Lord, they have our hearts. We thank you that we were able to give and to, to send Glenna and Ray. Um, it, it delighted our hearts, and it delights our hearts one more time to, to look for a way to help. But we call down your blessing upon that village, upon the Nazarene church there, and we ask that you would make that church, salt and light, a real answer in a time of need to the hurting people of that village. I also ask, Lord, that you'd bless those two teenage girls. They said, something matters more than my money. Thank you for what you've done in their hearts already. Lord, together, we thank you and we bless Pastor Bill and Bonnie. Thank you for gifting our congregation with these two fine people. Lord, thank you that they live what they speak. And I thank you for the wisdom that you entrusted to Bill that he then shared with us. Lord, I pray that our people would have a long-lasting legacy among your people because we successfully model and pass on the faith generation by generation. Lord, I know there are grandparents out there this morning whose hearts, whose hearts are hurting because they see their children and grandchildren walking away from you. Lord, I pray that you would listen to their cries, that you would hear and answer their prayers. I ask these things in Jesus' name.